Welcome, dear friends, to this roundtable. This is a continuation of the international conference, Global Crisis, This Already Affects Everyone, which was simultaneously translated into 72 language, languages, including the sign language, by volunteers from all over the world. People who are proving with their action that unity is possible. Many topics were raised, and unfortunately, these are not all of the crises and threats that humanity is facing right now. This information is urgent and is of urgent importance to everyone. This is why on December 4th, we'll be having another conference, Global Crisis, Time for the Truth. Among the topics that were raised during the conference, there were development of the artificial intelligence, environment, climatic catastrophes, and climate refugees. That's what we're going to talk about today with our guests at the roundtable. And please give a warm welcome to Marek Dukubis from Slovakia, who is a data analytics manager. And then our next guest is Barbara Mezlikova from Czech Republic, uh, who is a university teacher, and Alharid Yusuf, uh, who is environmentalist and political activist, uh, former agricultural inspector at Ministry of Agriculture and Natural Resources, and David Kruger, who is a high school teacher from Germany. Now we invite you to watch a video about the actualization of the issues raised in the conference. tremendous technical breakthrough in the world. Every day, neural networks are successfully replacing millions of people in all professions. The unemployment rate has reached a critical level. The planet's ecosystem is destroyed. The number of cataclysms is increasing every day. There are no safe areas left on the planet.
it's already happening. But there is still a chance to change everything. Thank you. Marek, my first question goes to you. Could you please share your impressions of the conference and tell us how relevant, in your opinion, is it to continue to discuss these topics raised at the conference? Thank you, thank you, Sean. Hello, everyone. So um, <clears throat> um, I would uh, like to uh, start with uh, usually people when uh, <clears throat> the participants of the International Public Movement Alatra spread this information, uh, they react that uh, these problems, uh, like these problems, do not exist, like uh, they don't uh, affect us. We don't see it in our everyday life. Um, however, on the other hand, as um, we had the chance to see in the conference, if you, if you put uh, all the facts together, and start uh, looking at it. It is uh, you come to the point where you actually realize that this is really this is really the truth, and this is really uh, this is really happening. And um, <clears throat> uh, as um, as a human being who um, earns for his living, um, um, you try uh, you try either not to think, or you don't have usually time to do that. And um, uh, that's why it is very important uh, to have these sort of uh, conferences where uh, people uh, come together, where there is a platform for discussion of, uh, of these issues, because uh, these issues are really, really uh, important uh, um, to, have, uh, to have in mind. Um, uh, because to me, it seems that we kind of live in a cycle and uh, it's difficult for us to change our, our daily our daily habits. So um, uh, that's why I think it is very important uh, to openly uh, discuss uh, this, uh, these issues. And uh, when uh, speaking about uh, personal uh, experience, um, uh, until, uh, until one starts uh, to realize and have own experience in, for example, uh, calling to a call center where you are not anymore um, uh, contacted or where you are not anymore answered by this uh, uh, standard bot, but you are uh, you are uh, surprised that uh, your call is being answered uh, by a bot that can recognize your speech, and this is really something that is happening and has been implemented uh, in a renowned uh, worldwide IT company. So then uh, you kind of start to think that um, this, is really, this is really happening, what uh, information is being provided uh, on the conference, so that it's not some kind of fiction that is going to happen sometime in the future, but it's really happening here and now. And uh, then when you think um, where it might lead us, um, thanks to all of the information that have been mentioned on the conference, then uh, one starts to realize that... Uh, it is really time um, to start acting somehow. And so I'm really f thankful for all of these uh, efforts. And um, so this is uh, for the first uh, input. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Marek. Uh, and I definitely agree with what you said and that the problems, the issues that were raised during the conference were very, you know, actual and were concerning to all uh, living beings today. That's why, you know, we just need to speak about it and raise all these questions and act towards it. Find conclude uh, solutions for it, which is creative society as uh, was already raised during the conference. And uh, yeah, and I would now like to also hear uh, Barbara Mezikova, please, the floor is yours. Can you please also share your opinion? Thank you um, for the opportunity to share my thoughts with you about the conference. Uh, the conference was shocking and amazing for me at the same time. Uh, we live in a time where we are um, we are facing a lot of information every day, and it is somehow hard to put all the bits of pieces of information together. I mean, we miss so much important information in our everyday life because we are so busy to survive. Uh, so that when you watch the conference and see all the facts put together, um, it is just shocking. How is it possible that we as a society came to this point? How is it even possible that you know, the climate is changing, the ecology is devastated, so to say, and we are on the edge of a fourth industrial revolution and no one really knows what is happening. Although we see, we see those bits of pieces like Mark was uh, telling us about, but we don't really think it through what this, what this actually means for our lives. And what I feel uh, the most important thing is that the conference clearly showed to all of us the situation we are in. It defined all the challenges and moreover, it brought an elegant and simple solution for all of us, how we can actually survive all that is coming. So maybe that's for first start for me. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Yeah, it certainly is shocking to look up and see all of the changes that are happening in the world today. And it can be bewildering for most of us who have, have work, school, families, and other things that we need to take care of. Uh, but that's why we're here to, to bring all that information together and to put it in a format that is easy for everyone to digest and understand. So perhaps they can take action for a better world. My next question goes to Aharif Yusuf. Can you, Aharif, can you tell us your impressions of the conference and how important do you think it is to spread this information now? Okay, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm environmentalist. Uh, so the thing is that actually is, is interested me is when, when we are coming together in one platform, uh, to talk about the environment. So environment is not just concerning my country, Sudan, it's concerning all the world together. Whether it's, uh, we have seen recently there was many catastrophic. It's not just in Africa, it's in Asia, in Europe, even in the United States, everywhere there's environmental catastrophic. 
what is coming to my mind is that uh, some countries are not willing to accept to accept there is a climate or at least there is uh, there is a global warming and climate change so they they keeping skeptics so they are not actually involving how to solve this crisis despite the fact that humanity as we are human we are capable to solve any problems that we are facing in the 21st century uh, but it turns out that most of countries which they are more affecting to the environment they are not willing to solve this problem and actually we are, we are the one we are the one who who will be the most affected particularly my country is not the exception sudan when it comes to environmental catastrophe recently we have been we have been experiencing many floods across sudan and even in some african countries recently we have seen many many floods as well as locust uh, lo locust invasions that's why it puts very hard on our livelihood on our daily livelihoods so through uh through around table right now what we are talking about the environment about the catastrophe we hope we can disseminate our information so as we can reach for those who are in decision making thank you so much thank you al harib uh, yeah catastrophes and all these disasters are happening everywhere and we all can see it and one thing that i also agree with you is that we the people uh, are those who make up those countries uh, and when we come together when we speak about it uh, speak about the problem uh, of climate change and that we want to unite and solve this problem this is what will also make our countries our country leaders uh, hear us and uh, act towards it thanks for your uh, opinion for your ideas and now we want to also hear david kruger from germany the floor is yours david yeah Yes, first, uh, thanks of all uh, for having me here. And I would like to also agree with uh, the previous speakers what they have said. Um, I was also shocked uh, about these changes, about uh, what we have right now. And I have a hope that um, for me this conference is actually a turning point at its a creative society. And uh, of course, um, previously um, I uh, was very serious about creative society, but after this conference, I understand that it's really the only solution. There is uh, this urgency to talk about it, and actually, it really affects um, affects me. And, and all these facts uh, that scientists, uh, that experts' uh, opinions we have heard, they are so clear obvious they are um, ended and connected uh, to someone it's shocking that nobody uh, uh, that everybody is speaking the one stream that that all this information i'm a geography teacher and uh, when i sit in class i notice that something is uh, not right 
that um, and I, of course I heard that uh, uh, person that people are a, gro a big factor in this uh, story but this exactly this conference was a really a turning point for me and creative society is our chance it's really one chance and it for me it was like that that we need uh, it's a positive signal for me thanks so much Thank you, David. Yes, the Creative Society society is turning out to be really our only solution uh, to the many global cataclysms that are happening every day, and not to mention the social and cultural cataclysms that are also occurring at the same time. The first topic at this conference was the, was the development of artificial intelligence, or AI, and the risks and the possible benefits that it may pose in the future. Let's take a look at this video that goes into a little bit more detail. Welcome to the future. Already today, Artificial intelligence has been able to synthesize a new antibiotic capable of killing bacteria resistant to the previously known drugs. A fully robotic network of eco-farms, 80 acres of farms under the control of neural networks, produced 300 times more food, consuming 97% less water than an ordinary farm. Meanwhile, autopilots with built-in AI were able to have the accident rate on the roads. Yes, artificial intelligence can already be found everywhere. After all, the benefits of its implementation are simply enormous. Actions that used to take hours can now be completed in seconds. So, virtual assistants, Siri, Alice, or Google Assistant, based on artificial intelligence, will find the goods you need in a virtual store and make a payment. And an autonomous delivery robot, such as Digit, will bypass all obstacles and deliver your parcel safely. However, if you have not yet decided on what you need, neural networks are able to predict your needs and give the most beneficial recommendations in advance. Surrounding you with care and attention, artificial intelligence will look after your health. A smart mirror in the bathroom using algorithms for pattern recognition and visual diagnostics will give you recommendations on taking the necessary vitamins and doing exercises. And it will also do everything to improve your mood. Thousands of applications and sensors are designed to keep your pulse, blood vessels, blood pressure under control. They are able to detect many serious disorders in the early stages and inform you in advance about the need to visit a doctor can prevent a heart attack, oncology, and other dangerous diseases. Thus, IBM released an application for oncologists. The system contains 600,000 medical reports and 2 million pages from medical journals. Based on this information, AI makes efficient recommendations for additional tests or a treatment plan, increasing the accuracy of diagnosis up to 40% and having the cost of medical care. But that's only a fraction 
of what it's capable of. Nanorobots controlled by neural networks can detect disorders and deliver drugs directly to damaged tissues. The next step is to rebuild the body at the molecular level aiming to complete healing, up to the restoration of lost limbs. What about trivial everyday issues? Specifically for lovers of careless life, Samsung has created a bot, Handy Robot, with built-in AI. Capable of collecting laundry in the house, loading the dishwasher, setting the table, pouring and bringing drinks. At the same time, smart security systems allow you to block access to the house when suspicious activity is detected. It autonomously notifies emergency services and prevent theft. But that's not all. AI shows outstanding success even in creative fields. It creates paintings, music, films, and even literary works. For example, the artificial intelligence GPT-2 wrote its first play. It managed to create something similar to the futuristic Little Prince at that. Meanwhile, Jukebox from OpenAI writes music with meaningful lyrics and vocals. For poetry lovers, Google's tool Verse by Verse will help you create delightful poems. But AI is also capable of more serious work. For example, digitizing all libraries and archives with the access to them 24-7 from anywhere in the world. In addition, it is able to recognize voices and texts in different languages with translation into any other language, as well as to teach people to draw, compose music, and even program. Whatever area we touch upon, AI is everywhere, ready to offer us its digital helping hand. Even in legal matters, a virtual lawyer, do not pay, for the first two years of work won more than 160,000 cases spending no more than two minutes on each case, significantly saving time as well as money of its clients. And the capabilities of artificial intelligence are only growing. At the Japanese robotic factory, Fanuk, hundreds of robots build other robots on their own and no longer need human help. Around the world, there are tens of thousands of industries in which human participation is almost not required because the main work is being performed by machines. Perhaps, for the first time, we will be able to free ourselves from hard and routine work. But all of this is only a small part of the achievements that AI has already brought into our lives and will bring in the near future, since the pace of its development is close to exponential. And that means that every minute the technology is getting better. One can only imagine what a wonderful future awaits us. The main thing is that this future would actually come. Yes, of course. You understand the scale of development and the prospects for all capabilities. 
And now we want to talk about just how OWL is already uh, being introduced everywhere at a great rate. And Mr. Jacobis, we know you would like to share this information as well, since already today OWL analyzes huge amounts of information much better than entire groups of high-class analysts and you're uh, an analyst, right? You're a data analytic manager. So we would like to hear your opinion on this topic. Yeah, thank you. So actually, after this conference, I started to think about um, <clears throat> how implementation of AI could affect uh, uh, my job, uh, among others. And um, so what, what we do, actually, we are, uh, we are a team that uh, maintains uh, um, a client space and occupancy data. And uh, we work with large amounts of data. We analyze them, update them on a regular basis. We use uh, various uh, softwares and tools uh, to do this. And this is pretty a dynamic process where there are constant changes in the data format, in the data, let's say, elements. There are coming new elements. All old elements are going. There are updates uh, to the platforms, etc. And so this requires a whole, let's say, uh, so-called change management uh, process to be set up where different stakeholders from different, let's say, areas from IT department, business department, um, and stuff like that come together on a regular basis and based on a, let's say, project plan, uh, try to implement uh, these changes within, within all of these uh, tools. And now, uh, usually due to some uh, basic um, uh, facts, due to some exceptions, this process of uh, maintaining all of the changes can last from months to some even, even a year uh, period. And then I was thinking that why is this? And you know, you on, on a regular basis, you have these calls uh, where everyone updates what he, what he has found. But a part of updates, uh, he found that uh, they forgot uh, about, let's say, a small element that affects also another downstream systems and stuff like that. And then I realized that if this uh, was meant to be done by uh, AI, by, by a system uh, that could... Uh, uh, that could uh, think of um, all possible, let's say, uh, aspects and impacts to upstream, downstream systems and all, all kinds of stuff like that. And um, this, uh, this AI would basically fix all of these issues within seconds or, or minutes for, for what we need to communicate long hours or days or weeks or, or months. And then imagine that... Uh, I don't know, version upgrade could take place uh, instead, of, um, is, instead of several months. It, it could take place in, let's say, virtually hours. So um, here we are, of, of course, we can um, ex express this in, uh, uh, if we are talking in, in the terms of the consumer society, into high savings, which is, of course, very attractive for the management for all for all of the companies which basically results into a layoff of of stuff that that will not be any more needed because uh, ai will replace uh, replace all, all all the functions actually uh within 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 this chain so um 
this really is uh, affecting us and it is affecting us uh, already already today because um, we can see that uh, now everyone is talking about um, savings everyone is talking about how we could optimize things usually op by optimization managers mean uh, getting rid of the people but automating if you take for example very simple example uh, if you don't if you don't use macro you can uh, you can work with an excel spreadsheet uh, for hours if you apply macro this process will be shortened to two minutes and um, this saves a lot of time and uh, and so this uh, when we are speaking from the human point of view this can really endanger the situation and uh, and life of uh, not only of the employees but uh, behind all of the employees are the families are the kids so this this can really result into significant significant issue and uh, if we think that this is going to happen sometime in the future in 20 30 years i think this is this is not true and this is already being applied today so this is um, this is uh, uh, what i wanted to share at this at this point thank you very much thank you marek Indeed, artificial intelligence has, has a great potential, but the, with that potential also comes the potential for negative consequences. As you mentioned, if a corporation decides to replace its staff with an artificial intelligence to achieve the same result in sort of amount, amount of time, they will, of course, save money by laying off uh, their employees. However, like you said, the implications will be, uh, will be sort of a cascade and that the people who are laid off will now have to find another way to support their families. And that will lead to other issues. Let's move to Barbara Mislakova. It's become clear in this conference that the teachers as well as IT specialists and 95% of professions could be replaced by artificial intelligence. As a teacher, Barbara, what do you think about this? Are you ready for this? And in general, is our society ready? What will happen in such a case when all people lose their jobs and are replaced with robots? Well, thank you for the question. First of all, I think none of us is prepared for something like this because I think the first reaction is, you know, it's not possible. Uh, even we at our university, we tell each other with our colleagues and to our students that the um, teacher-student relationship is something that you can't really do in any other way. But, you know, the reality shows it's, it's, the, it's the other way around because the AI has something what we as people don't. The, the AI can individually serve to the needs of each student, you know, at the same working at the environment of the classroom, um, you know, at, at the instance. So that's something what I can't really compete with. Also, what I think it's interesting, um, all the foreign languages, you know, you don't really, well, well you, you don't really will have to learn or study because the AI will be able to support you in this in this way. Also, me as a person who is dealing with Japanese society, we know that Japanese society is a leading um, 
expert in robotics. And in the Olympics in Tokyo, there was introduced this robot uh, at the basketball game. I'm sure you, you saw this. There was this robot operated by the AI. And, you know, when I was watching this video of this per performance, I was asking myself, okay, so is this developed just for our entertainment? Is this the reason why so many people are investing their time and, you know, the money is flowing this way so that we are going just entertained? And I think many people when they hear about the AI and about the fourth industrial revolution, um, they somehow feel like, no, this is not the right way we should as a society go. Uh, there is some kind of a fear of something unknown. The trouble is the AI is coming, whether we like it or not. And the question is, why do we have this fear? It's not the fear of the technology itself. It's the fear from something else, because we already have an experience that our society brought some new technologies or new solutions that at the first glance looked really great, but in the end, they were harming to the people, to the everyday life. The life in the end was harder. Um, we needed more money or more time to cope with the new situation. And so we tend, when we hear about those kinds of new situations where we don't have the experience with, we tend to recall this historical experience we have. And we ask, so where is the catch? You know, it sounds so great. It's not possible. It won't harm me in the end. The trouble is the tool itself is okay. The catch is actually that we don't have trust. We don't have trust in our society, that our society wants the best for us. So the answer is the catch is actually the consumer format of our society because the profit is uh, on the first place and not our well-being. And therefore, what I think, it is so important that we talk about this, that we talk about this, what is going to happen with AI in our today's world, in our today's consumer society, when the AI will be integrated in our lives and what we can actually do about it. We can't just sit and watch because what will happen is that what the conference showed us. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. I totally agree that, you know, all these technologies, uh, advancements are really great, uh, but will be valuable, will be uh, beneficiary for the society itself uh, when we uh, when we have creative form of society, not the one we are having today, consumer type of society. Thank you for your ideas, your opinion on this. I think it was uh, really interesting and important what you just was uh, about. And another topic, um, I, I would like also go to our next topic, uh, to the other topic that was raised at the conference was the climate crisis and in particular climate refugees. 
Already today, millions of people around the world are forced to leave their homes due to climate disasters. At the conference, scientists, experts, and researchers from around the world stated that the causes of growing cataclysm are not anthropogenic factor, but the impact on the core of our planet of cosmic processes, which have a cyclic nature. And yes, we humans have killed the ecology of our planet, and this is really what we are responsible for with our consumerism. Uh, and as we have depleted all resources, but that is not the cause of such devastating climatic cataclysm and their escalations. Cataclysms on our planet are cyclical and occur every 12,000 years. Every 24,000 years, this cataclysm becomes even more terrible, which is caused by cosmic reasons. That's why cataclysms are now increasing and there will be complete collapse next and billions will migrate in the coming years yes the picture is quite scary and the worst is that the situation with the refugees is happening right now climate refugees i mean let's take a look at this video with some facts prepared from the conference Have you ever thought that there might be circumstances when you will suddenly have to leave your home, your apartment, or your town? Leave forever. And the reason for this would be neither traveling, nor vacation, or a planned moving, but the necessity to survive. Refugee. You have probably heard this word from the news. But have you ever thought that sooner or later you may become a refugee yourself? After all, climate disasters know no borders, social statuses, or schedules. In 2020 alone, 82.4 million people were forced to leave their homes. This is equal to the population of such countries as Germany or Turkey. This is more than the population of Great Britain or France. Refugees are people who are fleeing a deadly threat. But today, there is no place for them to run to. Their lives are exposed to danger and risk wherever they get to. Among them, there are millions of people, climate refugees, who have no protection of the law. Neither the Refugee Convention nor the international law oblige countries to accept climate refugees. On January 21, 2020, the UN Human Rights Committee ruled that countries cannot send people back to their home country who have faced climate changes. It ruled, but actually rejected the world's first complaint filed by Loan Tessiota against New Zealand, which violated his right to life by being deported to his home country of Kabasi. 
After the deportation of Luan's family, one of his children suffered from a serious case of blood poisoning. Climate refugees are one of the most disenfranchised categories of people. The laws of many countries provide for penalties regarding inhumane treatment of animals. But they give absolutely no protection to the people who miraculously survived a natural disaster and ended up on the street without means of sustenance. Every day, one child dies among migrants or refugees. Mark Lowcock said, I'm getting daily reports of babies and other young children dying in the cold. Imagine the grief of a parent who escaped a war zone with their child only to watch that child freeze to death. We build shelters for homeless animals, but we refuse to help people in need. Not only do we refuse to help these people, all kinds of violence against refugees are permitted. Many countries began a containment policy, trying to prevent refugees from entering their territories at all costs. According to the UN, thousands of people were pushed back by the border control authorities in Europe using violent measures the pandemic worsened the situation for refugees. According to official information, tightening of border crossings did not let hundreds of thousands of people leave zones of armed conflicts, economic crisis, and environmental disasters. Meanwhile, the number of business trips abroad remained practically at the same level. Since 2015, Border violence has become more sophisticated. Moreover, since 2020, the number of tortures has increased compared to the previous year. A special report prepared by Border Violence Monitoring Network on tortures in 2020, analysis data from 286 testimonies of violent pushbacks, prolonged beating for up to six hours at a time, Police dogs being released and encouraged to attack. Forced undressing. The burning and destruction of clothes and forcing people on the move to cross borders in a complete state of undress. Groups of up to 80 men, women and children were forced to undress completely and placed inside the detention room. Severe beating and throwing victims into water resulting in their disappearance. Here are just a couple of quotes from the victims. They even fired shots close to our ears for the purpose of intimidating us. They didn't ask us anything, just started the beating. We had mayonnaise and ketchup in our bags, which they rubbed on our wounds. In December 2020, the Black Book of Pushbacks was published. A 1,500-page book documents the horrific violence suffered by over 12,000 people at the hands of authorities on the external borders of civilized European countries. Oxfam International published a similar report in 2018. Police detain children 
as young as 12 in cells without water or food and removed SIM cards from their mobile phones. Changing their birth date on statements, illegitimately pushing them back across the border, cutting the soles off their shoes so they wouldn't try to come back. There is clear evidence of an increased sexual and gender-based violence against women and girls both during and after disasters. Multiple cases of sexual abuse of children have been documented. Elderly people are also at increased risk of violence, exploitation, and abuse. In our society, a person loses their property, their place of residence, loses the right to protection and life. Refugee camps have appalling conditions. Fabrizio Carboni, Near and Middle East Regional Director of the International Committee of the Red Cross, says about the refugee camps. Tents plagued by rats, water sources contaminated by feces, and inhabitants suffering from tuberculosis, scabies, and post-traumatic stress. Hundreds of children, mostly boys, some as young as 12 are detained in adult prisons, places they simply do not belong. These are the realities of our consumer society we live in. Considering the trend of escalating climate disasters, are you sure disasters won't come to your home tomorrow? Are you prepared to be in those people's shoes? Or shall we change things together? Nobody values human life in a consumer society. But in the creative society, human life is of the highest value. This is so sad, but the truth is that it's the real situation of people right now. You can clearly see the inhuman format of our society. And Yusuf, we would like to ask you about the climate situation in Africa right now. And does anyone care about people who are victims of climate disasters, the climate disasters that you also mentioned before earlier could you please share this with us um actually thank you thank you for the second time what i'd like to share with you is uh our the global or the glo global system has been built in just few countries particularly for example the united uh, the united states pollutes over 25 percent of the whole pollutes of the global and the United Nations, which is supposed to serve everybody, right now is, is, is cannot do anything. I will not agree more than uh, the former president, uh, the, the, the former Secretary General of the of the United Nations, Ban Ki Moon, when when he says that we don't have Plan B because there is no Plan B. We we have only one planet, so we need to take care of this planet Earth. 
what we have seen uh, across Africa, right now we are completely, uh, um, we are not the one who is contributing to, the, uh, to this crisis, but we are the victims. And the countries, the developing countries, they are not willing to participate. They are not willing to participate in order to solve this problem. Let me get back to the point that you raised about the artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence sometimes is very, very effective, very, it can solve our problems. Well, for example, right now in, in, uh, here in Africa, we do have sub-Saharan African countries. We have extreme climate weather, which is extremely hot. So we can use, scientifically, we can use these robots in order to plant trees. So we can develop these robots in order to solve this problem. And secondly, we can use even robots in order to, to explore or to, to, to do some exploration in, in oceans because we have plenty of resources. So we need, we need to use uh, resources that is environmental friendly. The third thing is that uh, we can get resources even from extra planet. We can get our resources from other, uh, other planets. So we can develop robots that can, can benefit our uh, human needs without affecting our planet Earth. So we need to keep these resources. We don't need to deplete these resources as much as we could. We need to serve for the next generation. Even if we exploited these resources, we need to exploit it in the manner that, in the manner that it doesn't affect our daily lives. So what I would like to say right now is, uh, well, Sudan, for example, the country that I live, uh, it's, it's, it's extremely affected by, by the desert, desertification. And, and we do have some villages that uh, people, they can no longer go back to the villages. Because why? Because the sun or the sun encroachment has completely covered their, their areas. And the second reason is that most of African, sub-Saharan African countries face is armed conflict. So the armed conflict, the main reason of armed conflict is, uh, it is, it is growth. Because most of growth is caused by the global warming and many of climate changes. That is why those who are those who are used to live or herding camels and cows, they can no longer be in the position or in the place where they used to be. That is why they are moving somewhere else. Whenever they move somewhere else, they find another people. So that is why clashes always comes. When you see, for example, uh, the conflict in Sudan in Darfur, for example, the conflict in some in Chad. Even the conflict in, in, in Boko Haram, for example, in, in, in Nigeria, in, North, in northern Nigeria, simply because the resources, the depletion of resources and the desertification, so that's why they cannot live there. That's why they move somewhere else. Uh, I'm always focusing on, on, on how can we solve as, as, as humanity, how can we solve this problem? As far as we have all the technologies are there, all the resources are there. Mankind right now, they have plenty of resources. So we need to use these resources in the kindly manner, in the right way, so as they can benefit all, not just for few countries. No, no we, we need to share this, all these resources so as we can, we can, because whenever it affects Africa, it affects Europe, it affects United States. Recently, we have seen the COVID, for example, the COVID pandemic, which is affected everybody. Despite the fact that how, how much money does you, you have doesn't matter, you are, you, are, you, are, you are also vulnerable. So that is why in terms of vulnerability, we need to use these resources so as we can all live in a peaceful way. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that, Aharis. And indeed, the situation is quite sad uh, in Africa, in, in all over the world, because human life 
uh, is valuable. However, it's taking a backseat to profit. And we can see that African countries are not prepared to face these climate disasters by themselves, as you, as you mentioned. Uh, there needs to be uh, cooperation and intervention from other countries to really address the issue. And also we can see that climate disasters uh, only increase uh, internal conflicts within Africa and abroad. And what is the situation in Germany? Recently, they, they uh, were under devastating floods that had immense damage um, in a couple of towns and municipalities in Germany. David, what can you tell us about the situation? Yes, thanks so much. Yeah, first of all, we can say that Germans uh, have a feeling that they have everything under control. Everything that is happening, it's on the local, but the big uh, environmental damage and big tornadoes. So we have it in our uh, climate zone and um, not moderate, not medium. And uh, we see that uh, within these few months, uh, people have felt that these uh, natural disasters, these extreme events can also happen in Germany and now very often. And what I have observed that really shocked me that you saw, you see, you see that uh, people not prepared, uh, not only people were not prepared, the civil protection was also not prepared, policy, uh, police was also not prepared properly, and uh, a lot of people died simply because they have not information that uh, this cataclysm will come. And we simply need to act because human's life is uh, is and that should stay uh, on the first place, and um, and actually uh, the complete situation was completely underestimated. And um, of course, we see that it should be actually um, this industry nations like uh, Germany or uh, USA and European Union. They always talk about that people have uh, similar. Uh, Chance, but uh, all these, all these important that's what that we have. Uh, we the politics and the scientists, and that they really need, we need to think about this uh, climate thing that are happening in Germany. It's really uh, without few hours, so much water came, and uh, the complete houses were just completely uh, washed away, and uh, that's really something is happening, and uh, population was really not. Um, was not prepared for that. And actually, um, we see that for, for a long time all these um, um, storms and actually and everything that has happened and uh, Germany, a really, uh, a really industrialized country, was not prepared for that. That's uh, and that's also in this development stage, and it's developing it again and again. And this shocks the shocks that um, this format uh, that, that people they have uh, other priorities, and the press was also not. Um, talk about it, and we also see that. 
Fortunately, people uh, survived and everything. Um, so, uh, so a lot of people was not affected, but uh, thanks to God. But uh, I also had the, the same feeling as Barbara that uh, she said that we will have in Germany in 30 years there is climate change and. Uh, so that uh, from 30 years ago it started to uh, develop and uh, we what we learned in the school that um, the forest dies out and the ozone layer is will become more and more but and these uh, topics are always Mm, not in the attention and uh, and fortunately this conference it's uh, they make it in points these topics and make it uh, open and uh, we really need to perceive this problem seriously and prepare for them thank you so much thank you david yes it's definitely true what you just said and about you know, European Union that even being uh, a union of countries, they couldn't, you know, stand and give right solutions to, um, yeah, people's a a expectations as well. Because we people now in our format, we uh, truly just put our uh, the responsibilities on uh, the politicians, and we just believe that they'll solve the problems and. Uh, it's just really funny that one man even, you know, will solve climatic problems, such problems that uh, just the reason that so many people are dying today. And it's true, it's becoming absolutely clear that no country can cope alone with the cataclysm that we are already facing and will face in the near few years. Um now I would like to pose the question to all of our speakers. Are we ready to leave everything as it is, uh, all this horror and put up with this picture of the world, or do we choose to act and build a creative format of society in the shortest possible time? As David also mentioned that we all, all need that, yeah, creative format of society. A format of humanity where the value of each person's life uh, comes first, not money and profit as it is now, but life. Globally unite all the people on the planet, unite all the scientific potential to overcome all these crises together and battle survive. And the question is, what actions must be taken right now? And Marek, please, the floor is yours. We would like to hear you first. Thank you very much. I was uh, <clears throat> particularly with particular interest uh, listening uh, to our co-speakers, and uh, I would also like to uh, share uh, my opinion about this. And um, uh, one of the issues uh, that we are facing today is that uh, uh, media is being used as an instrument for people's division. And I would like to um, introduce a small example. Uh, here in Middle Europe, where we've got, let's say, um, a prevailing uh, uh, Christians, I mean, Christianity uh, religions, uh, we got served uh, 
uh, from the media, but not, not, not only from the media, but also in social networks, let's say kind of a negative um, attitude towards uh, all of these refugees that in most of the cases are shown to be coming from Islamic countries. And um, I can see this as, a really, as, as really an issue because um, if something, uh, some catastrophe really happens and it, it will happen as, as, as the scientists uh, uh, already uh, stated and proved uh, a lot of people will be migrating and no border controls will be able to stop uh, millions of people that will be migrating. And if we remain in this position of uh, hatred towards, let's say, representatives of other religions, just because someone calls God, uh, not God, but Allah, um, this can lead to, uh, to a disaster. And uh, uh, we will suffer, they will suffer, everyone will everyone will suffer. And uh, what I wanted to say that uh, based on my personal experience, every time when we um, either were traveling into Islamic countries or every time we met uh, in, in our home country someone from Islam, these people behave totally different from the way that, uh, I, that, we, were, that we are told uh, in the media. They, they are friendly. Uh, you find out that they have got feelings, that they love their families, that they can uh, have fun and that that we have got so many, so many things in common that uh, uh, there's some kind of dissonance with what uh, is being heard uh, from the media. Of course, uh, there, are, there are people who do violence on, on, on that side, but aren't there people who do violence also in, in our countries? And so one then thinks that uh, this is not uh, about uh, kind of religion or, or anything this is about either supporting the good, which is in every of us, or supporting the bad, which is in every of us. And so I think, and this also should answer this question, first thing that we need to do is, uh, and this can be done, um, this needs to be done by everyone. We need to think of, uh, is it really true what the media is telling us? Is it really true what we are being presented? And um, aren't we people all the same? And will I'm, am I not going to be uh, in the role of the refugee coming to another country? And this is something that uh, we don't think of, that this can also affect, uh, affect us, that I will be forced to take my family and go to another country where maybe there is another relig religion. And what if these people in these countries are negatively set towards, uh, let's say, the religion that, that I have? So uh, I think the first thing that we need to do is kind of... Uh, I don't like to say the word re-educate, but kind of um, realize that we are all the same and these people that, that are forced to leave their uh, countries where they, uh, where I can imagine that they would love to spend the rest of their life in, but they are simply forced to leave the country because of the conditions. So um, uh, we should change our attitude uh, towards them. And I think this is, this is the first step. Start seeing... Uh, uh, a brother and sister in anyone, no matter what skin color, no matter what religion uh, this this man has. And I see a very good contribution in all of these activities that the international public movement Alatra does, where there are representatives of all religions, all cultures, all all, all countries, and um, and uh, the cooperation of the participants just proves that uh, it is possible to cooperate, that it is possible to love. Uh, one each other. So um, 
this is this is something that I think that we should be doing before these uh, global cataclysms come because after because uh, after they come I don't think that we will be able to do anything. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marek. And not only is it possible, but it's necessary, like you mentioned, in order to effectively address the global cataclysms that are facing humanity, we must love each other as brothers and sisters and look at each other with sympathy and empathy and, and not discontent or, or anger. Barbara, I'd like to ask you, how important is it to be proactive right now in order to build a creative society as soon as possible? Yes, it's incredibly important, you know, um, watching the video, you know, it's so powerful. Um, it also left, almost left me speechless, you know, we tend to think we are such a society who um, has so much experience from history, from World War II, for, from so much what we've been through. And um, we, we tend to talk, this can't happen again. And yet we see with, with the refugees what is happening. It's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, <laughs> the society is really collapsing we we need to change this we are forced by our format of our society to live such an egoistic way of life you know we are left in a situation where it's me where i have to take care of everything because no one else will no one will help me not the government not you know, not anyone, and it's me that I have to take care of, of my family. So I have already enough on my plate. So why should I help anyone else? Why should I be interested in what is going on in the world? But the truth is the climate is changing very fast. And what we see in the news today, it's not tomorrow. It's even tonight that can be our reality. And, you know, we have no time to prepare for such thing if we don't unite. We, it's a really tough life we chose to live in this format of society. And when I was thinking about this, it's what, what we actually need to do, do is change the mindset, change the paradigm. You know, if I take only care of myself, I'm alone in this quest. But if I change this mindset to I take care of the others, suddenly there are so many who are actually taking care of me. You see, and that's a paradox because I am no more alone in this. And, you know, the main point about this is the main point about the unification process. This is the way how to unite, to start thinking what can I do to the society and to the others so that we all together live a better life. And that's actually the key point, the very first foundation of the creative society. And sure, I can't do this alone because the consumer format will eat me up very quickly. And that's the reason why we need to do this together globally and to start actually yesterday 
so that we will never have to ask again this question, well, where is the catch? So I guess the answer is, well, change the mindset. Let's, let's look around what's happening and start, to start acting on it. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. That's definitely, you know, you already was the answer to the problem, to the problem of uh, climate refugees, millions of climate refugees that we're having today. And, and that one of these days we and our family can become and be among, among them, among these people. And creative society is truly the only way out, the only way out for climate, current climate refugees as well. And it's the only solution, the only way that we want to be treated uh, the same way as the climate refugees, uh, as we saw before the video, uh, yeah, how they were, they've been treated. Uh, and this is the only way that we people won't be treated the same way if this thing happens, if we one day become climate refugees as well. But as were the climate change, the topic of climate change and climate disasters, the question is, do people uh, really need to know the truth about climate disasters and uh, their true causes? And how important is it to inform people about it so that we have a chance to survive? And uh, I want to hear Ahari Yusuf. Uh, about this, and Aharit, please uh, share your opinion on this. Okay, thank you. Actually, what I'm thinking is uh, uh, we need, for example, to build systems, particularly here in Africa, where, the, the, uh, for example, African Union has come up with, uh, with some draft. So in 2007, uh, it, it put some plan about the Green Belt Movement. Green Belt is... Uh, it is reforestation. It is start from far east African countries from Djibouti up to the far west African countries, Senegal. So this can solve a little bit problem of climate change impacts. So we need the same thing to be happen around the globe. Whenever it's in China, Chinese also, they have been planting plenty of trees. So we need the same initiative to be done it simultaneously in everywhere around the world. So because this initiative or, this, uh, or for example, initiative like this is bringing all communities together in an area of planting, celebrating, cultural interactions. So we need social activities. And, uh, and moreover, we need the global to understand that uh, whatever problems happens in Africa, it happens everywhere or it affects you. The good example is that we don't need, for example, our youth to go to Europe or to refugee to, any, to, to other countries. We need them to stay here. But how can we, we make sure that they can stay here in Africa unless we need to have common share? We need to have, we need to have balance. The global system right now is very injustice. So you can find four, only four people in the world have resources of entire African countries. So these absolutely we cannot have global or the world that we need. We need some countries, yes, to, to have regulation. We need to have regulations so that they can, they can, we, we can have access for fair sharing of resources, whether it's in land, 
or whether it's, it's in ocean or even on the on the other planets because right now many countries are going to the planet and right now the entire continent of africa we still on earth so we need to have this scientific scientific things so us we can share our knowledge we can share our this can feel us whenever we develop so you you as well you you will develop so but whenever we affecting from climate from disaster catastrophe whatever we are going through so it it's definitely affecting you there in europe and the united states in asia that is why i am absolutely appreciate the, the international public movement alatra tv because always brings people from different perspective from different worlds so as we can share our knowledge Uh, and so and at the end of the day we need to transess or, or at least to disseminate this information around the globe so as we can understand what what's the consequences that we are facing and what the, the world is that we are we are hoping all of us to have together and thank you thank you alharis absolutely we all need to come together and cooperate in order to fix these issues uh, it's truly a multifaceted complex issue of global cataclysms and truly the only solution is unification. I'd like to ask pass it back to David. David, how critically important is the cooperation and consolidation of all people and the global unification and building of a create constructive society throughout the world in a peaceful way? What can each person do right now to make this a reality, make this happen? Yes, I think that the first step that uh, was already said, that you need to change your attitude, that you need to start uh, see the chance, opportunity, and to unite. We have to unite, and probably the next thing that we need to do is really um, to understand, because we have so many uh, prejudices in our consumer society, and our mindset was so affected by it. We have a problem that we don't want to deal with. We, we thought that uh, someone else's problem is not my problems. So these problems are not uh, not to myself, and it's just push it to, to the side. And I think that by uh, understanding of information, the people have a really thirst for the truth. And you clearly see it in Germany. It's really not noticeable that people start to understand that something is wrong, that they start to seek the truth. And uh, uni unification of this information, this the first task that uh, people need to Uh, talk about about their own experience, um, and one need to be quite careful because uh, sometimes this panic is really coming very fast. It's, you people are very overwhelmed by that, and it's so devastating, so serious that uh, you don't really want to believe in that and. And actually, when people never heard whether it was there, hard to uh, understand that it's, that it's like that. And in the tasks, and not to talk actually uh, about the truth, about this big possibility, big opportunity for unification. 
and this potential that we have actually a creative society project and uh, this creative society project that actually have this goal to make people's life really good, really uh, unite people, to have a very secure and uh, place for, for the living. And actually it's the, the one of the important tasks that uh, we have um, this uh, understanding and we share it with others, this really uh, creative society that I, I understand that's really it's a uh, work together, work with each other. And it's also available, and uh, we can do that. And it's exactly like a light at the end of the tunnel. And we we need to speak personally to people, discuss it, and explain that. And uh, think to the conference, we have opportunity to do share it. And we see that. Um, this real people who really wants to talk about the truth and everybody feels that they, the people who have the goal that they speak about the truth and uh, this understanding this um, conviction that we really need to unite globally because there is no other way the separation in nations and etc so it's it's really great society wants uh, best for the everyone and it's one the important thing that people uh, have it and this perspective thank you thank you again david i just want to thank you for your speech and uh, i agree that people are truly uh, looking for the answer for the truth and the truth that has uh, all the information, the true information, and the solutions is uh, creative uh, society, the creative format of citing creative society project that we're uh, having today and that we're informing today about. Today we have discussed only a small part of what is happening right now in our society. And I would like to say that despite all the horror of what is happening right now, we truly have a chance, a chance to build a human society, a creative society. Never before in the history of our humanity have we had such a possibility of communication, which we have now. We are all in different corners of the planet. We can communicate with each other and to have this global international dialogue. And only we are the ones to decide whether there is a creative society. Everything is in our hands. We can all share information about, the build, about building a creative society and also on climate situation on our social networks, share the links, pass on the importance of uh, this information to each other. Dear friends, what you are seeing and hearing now is the result of joint actions of people from over 180 countries of the world. People who actually care about the fate of humanity, our common future. I would like to remind you that all of, this, all of this is done by volunteers, people who have families, children, work, and worries, the same problems and dreams 
as each of you watching this today. These are people who have chosen life. But what is important, when we, when we unite, we act not only for ourselves, but for all of us. There's no benefit for us to do what we do when we get nothing for it, except for the future for us and our children. But isn't that the goal of a real person? We people are different nationalities, different views, different experiences and habits. Once realized that we were all one big family, that we are all responsible for the fate of all mankind. We have decided to live in a, in a creative society and we will continue to tell the truth until everyone has the opportunity to make a decision. We invite you to our new conference, which will be held on December 4th, 2021, Global Crisis, The Time of Truth, where we will reveal the topics of climate and environmental disasters in even more detail than we have today. Once again, many thanks to everyone who organized this roundtable. Thank you, Noreen, my co-host. Thank you, thank you, dear guests, for joining us today. And thank each of you for watching and tuning in. Thank you to the translators, the designers, the technical team, and everyone who makes online broadcasts on Alatra TV possible. And today, there can only be one difference between people those who have already joined the construction of a creative society and those who do not yet know about this idea. It is our task to remove this difference. And if you haven't joined the Creative Society project yet, we invite you to watch a short video on how to do it. And we will see you at the next round table. Thank you. Spasiba.